Meanwhile in the pod cave. Welcome back to another edition of the Podmen. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Enron. And Alex. All right, we got everybody. The Podmen are back together. Alex, we missed you last week. Uh, yeah, you, you know. Yeah. Have to take you had an th- intermission, brief intermissions, you know. You had things to do, to do, people to see. People uh, to see, yeah. I'm curious, <laughs> do you listen to the podcast that you're not on? Do you listen to oh, the podcast no, no. you are on? Only the ones I'm on. I, I just I love the ego fuel. Um, I got great pleasure out of listening to the Justice League review and hearing my own wisdom. It really it really bolstered my confidence once again in humanity. Well, I, I think last week Brian was uh, ready to beat that confidence back down to a pulp. But uh, may, we may have to do a re- let's revisit the Snyder verse at some point because I think that probably would be a a good solid hour of uh, lively discussion right there. Or. Or we could just uh, do a segment called Beating a Dead Horse. Yes, that's true. <laughs> because, because I don't think Alex and I are going to change our positions, and I don't think you and Brian <laughs> are going to change your positions, right? I'm curious. I do have a question, Alex, that my 12-year-old son's brought up to me while watching the Snyder Cut. Yes. Why does the Flash run... Like, like a 12-year-old? Like, like a 12-year-old. And like he's playing uh, fast-pitch softball. I don't know. Why does he do that flippy thing with his wrists? See, I, I kind of like that. I, I think that gives it a little bit of character that, again, yeah. they have to do something a little bit different. Uh, so I, that didn't bother me. That have kinda... you ever seen – if you saw – all right, if your child started playing Little League Baseball, and he ran to first base like that. Wouldn't you feel the need to pull him aside and say, "Don't ever do that again"? I think that's a. I think that's a little unfair because Barry's dad's been in prison pretty much his whole life, so yeah. he's still learning how to run. So that's yeah. that's why yeah, he never learned how to run. Yeah, there's justification yep. there. Boom. Yeah, yeah think about done. the fucking story, Brian. I mean, yeah, it's, sorry, it's called at characters. Speed, at that speed, how does he not break his wrists every time he runs? Them flopping yeah. around like that. Hey man, hey man. Guys gotta do what a guy's gotta do. <laughs> you gotta go fast. It be if he could really run. If he could run correctly. And eh. did they ever show him actually running fast? Every time he runs, it goes into slow motion. You never actually see him blip away and go anywhere. No, no, we see when he yeah, saves all the rubble from the people. Yeah, yeah, when he saves all the rubble uh, from the people, we see him. He does, we see him do his again, thing. I, I think haters going to hate. You're going to find flaws where you're going to find flaws where there are flaws, and where there aren't, but you're <laughs> just going to create flaws anyway. So that's fine. Right? You're going to nip. You're going to nitpick. You're going to nitpick. The point, Brian, Here's the no point. One. Alex <laughs> loves this movie so much. I, I do. feel the need. I, uh, like, I can't enjoy it as much because his glowing reviews of it just stick in my, scr- in my craw. <laughs> in your like, scrotum? Hey, man. I, they I, stick that's in what your I'm scrotum. here for. 
<laughs> I'm here I for that. Handle like I would like the movie better if I didn't have to hear Alex's glowing reviews that <laughs> now, it's the greatest movie ever made. Now we get down hey, to it. This is what that it's means. All I'm about. doing that means I'm doing my job. That yeah. means I'm doing my job right. Yeah. You know? you're making them really fight and think for it, Alex. All right. Yeah. Another time. Another great geek debate. <laughs> right now we got some news. All right, talking about uh, the the DC extended universe here, we've got uh, Suicide Squad trailer, and as of this recording, we had an extra special April Fool Suicide uh, Squad trailer drop. The Suicide Squad trailer uh, dropped today. Uh, first opinions of that? This is uh, James Gunn uh, not reimagining, kind of a continuation of Suicide Squad. Uh, any any thoughts on it? Better, worse than yeah. the original, the first movie? Uh, oh, yeah, it looks definitely better than the first movie. Like, uh, considerably uh, considerably better. Much funnier than the first movie. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. I think it'll be great. Now, I will say, just judging by the trailer, the first movie had, I think, better trailers. We had the uh, uh, Queen soundtrack on in the background and stuff like that. I thought that... The, Trailer-wise, the first movie did fantastic. This one looks fine. Nothing, it doesn't look anything fantastic to me. It doesn't look horrible. I was like, okay. John Cena uh, looks like he's going to be killing it, literally and figuratively. Yeah, did, we talk about uh, the did we talk about the first trailer? No, they no. both come out. No, both have come out in between. Okay. Um, I didn't think it looked very good. Uh, I think... I think I still think Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie as that character looks still phenomenal. Phenomenal. I can't say that word. Can't even say it. Yeah, she's she's phenomenal. Whatever. Phenomenal. 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 But I think um, overall, I I don't. The jokes for me were a little stale. I didn't like that penis joke in the first trailer. The whole island dick joke. I I thought that was kind of dumb. And overall, it seems like. Maybe this is the time where the studio let James Gunn do a little bit too much zany <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> because this, this is this is this is zany. I mean, this is quips every ten seconds, it feels like. And that might drive me a little nuts, but I'm still I'm so hopeful. I mean, I love Guardians Two and Guardians One pretty much equally. Right. So I'm not I'm not I'm not hoping for the film to fail. I'm just saying the first trailer and kind of the second one didn't do everything for me. It was just kind of there. Gotcha. I enjoyed it considerably, and uh, I thought it was great that we figured out who Sylvester Sloan is. Oh, there you go. That's King true. Shark. I think King. I think I think King Shark was the highlight of the of the first trailer by far. Podman yeah. Ron, any thoughts on the trailer? The review of the trailer. Yeah. God, I don't know. It's just like we've seen this before. I, I'm just. It is James Gunn, and he is probably my favorite director. I I, I think he's. I, I love James Gunn, <laughs> but. I don't know. I'm just really nervous about, not nervous. I mean, I get, give a shit less, but like, <laughs> I mean, it's just something about it. Something, I mean, yeah, the, there were some few funny jokes and funny moments in it, but I, it's like yeah. we've seen this over and over again. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, we're, at, we're at superhero movie burnout, maybe. Well, it's just not, it's not because it's a superhero. It's just because it's another, same type of suicide mission. I mean, it's the same type of thing, and it, they're going to die. And I don't know. It just it didn't 
nothing really struck my interest too much with it. Well, I, I mean, think the one, I, I think the deaths will be over the top, which I'm there for that, right? But two, I feel like, yeah, you kind of got like the standard sort of trailer of, all right, they're invading this compound in South America. Yeah, yeah. Right, but then, like, if you paid attention mm-hmm. on the monitor, mm-hmm. in the background, you see Starro. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that they're incorporating Starro as a giant kaiju kind of means this is going to get pretty batshit crazy. And tell us, who, tell, tell the listeners who Starro is for the uneducated. Starro is a world conqueror. Uh, it's a giant starfish, and he <laughs> has uh, potlings that he that he launches that stick to your face and take over your mind and enslave the uh, populace of the uh, of the planet. So, and, Star Starro, the world conqueror. Yeah, and I think I think what they're going to do is maybe this is an early theory. I'm gonna I'm gonna Nerdstradamus this one, but I think probably that first team you see with Captain Boomerang and everybody, I'm sure half of them are going to get starfished. They're probably going to have a starfish on their face. Or just, or just killed. killed. Yeah, one or the other. But it, I feel like that's going to be where this goes. Um, and I like Star Wars looks just like the comic books, so that looks pretty fun. But I don't know. Still, the jokes don't look like they work yet. A little bit of a... Right. Okay, I thought the jokes were fun. Yeah, I didn't think the jokes were bad. I, I just It just seems like the same old, same old. I, I mean, it's like, God, how many times can we tell this... You know, Soldier of Fortune mission thing that we got out of the first movie, you know, and the trailer was really good. The only thing that's keeping me really interested in this movie is it's done by James Gunn. And I know, he, you know, everything he does is really, really good. So, Well, he, here's the thing, too. James Gunn knows not to give you everything in the trailer. Right, right. So, you know, he's giving you a flavor of the movie, <laughs> but by no means. I'm kind of shocked that we even saw Sorrow in the trailer. I'm kind of shocked that they even let that slip to an extent um, because that almost seems like something they'd want to hold back and have like that big, oh, shit moment at the end. Right. So. Well, I'm sure I'll, you know, when it comes out, I'll be eating my words here and I'll be like, oh, my God, that was the best movie ever. And, you know, best <laughs> DC <laughs> The best movie ever. All right. Well, we'll have to wait. A, we'll wait a few months and see what uh, PMR is oh, yeah. James Gunn. Now, well, now, hang on a second. That was the first trailer. The second trailer, have you guys watched the second trailer? That I have not. Today? I have. We have confirmation yeah. of Nathan Fillion's character. Yep. Arm fall off, boy. <laughs> well, he's called TDK, so it's probably going to be the detachable kid. But, um... Why is that yeah, worse? Arm fall off, boy, <laughs> from Legion of Superheroes. So you see him with his arms, like, floating out to the side of his body. <laughs> yeah. Uh... uh this was uh, the PG trailer, so there wasn't any uh, F-bombs. In fact, they actually uh, dubbed over the one F-bomb that Blood, uh, Bloodsport said. You see a little bit yeah. more of, uh, uh, what, Polka Dot Man. Um, yeah, you see a Polka And then another line from John Cena. I got a feeling John Cena's going to be uh, the uh, the breakout character for this film. He must have done something let's, right. Yeah, let's hope so, since he's got he already yeah. has a TV show. So uh, yeah, if he's yeah. insufferable, that's not going to bode well. He said, uh, well, "His line in this one is she's like, I thought your name was Peacemaker,' and he goes, it is. I, I uh, cherish peace, no matter how many women and children, I, uh, men, women, and children, I have to kill to get it." <laughs> there we Excellent. go. All right. Well, we'll we'll see what. Uh, 
when's that uh, come out? Have in store. Uh, August. August six. Like August. That? Yeah. August. That's like yep. Lord. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. Well, what we are going to wait for is uh, uh, some uh, news that, again, I think, Brian, you'd be happy to – I don't know if you know much about it, but uh, Lord, you're a big fan of Lord and Miller. They're coming out with a Mitchells versus the Machines movie on Netflix where it looks like it's a little bit like the uh, Lord and Miller's take on The Incredibles almost. It looks a little bit like that or um – I think there was another film that it kind of reminded me of. Um, oh, like almost like um, uh, Monsters versus Aliens to an extent. There's a little uh, bit of yeah, that yeah. going on with it. But it's uh, Danny McBride is the main character. Can't go wrong with Danny McBride. Uh, so. Everybody loves Danny McBride. Everybody uh, loves Danny McBride. <laughs> retro. We should do a retro review of Eastbound and Down. Fantastic uh, TV show. We're watching. Uh, my wife and I started watching Vice Principals. Ah, so that's great. Danny McBride. That's, that's got some good replay value as well. Uh, also, in the uh, comic animated comic book uh, TV show news, Modoc coming out pretty soon. Uh, the in May, I believe. Uh, and Brian, you said you're looking forward to this. It has a kind of robot chicken-ish type vibe or Venture Brothers yeah. type vibe. Uh, yeah, it and, looks like a little robot chicken-ish. I, uh, I, I'm down for it. I think it'll be good. And uh, surprisingly, uh, Alex may be on the other end of the spectrum to where, again, the jokes aren't hitting for you on that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to do robot chicken, to do it PG-13 and with a character that's, I don't know. Nobody knows about, and it just seems a little too silly for my for my liking. It may be really funny, and I may I may be eating my own words here in a second, but I don't know. I think it's Marvel more just cashing checks it and out. seeing. Throw- what are y'all talking about? Modoc, <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's what the listeners are asking themselves too, probably. Exactly. All it right. Looks to me like Venture Brothers. It looks like a just like the Venture Brothers. I mean. Which the best so clone, robot chicken. The best right. clone of Venture Brothers is Harley Quinn. That's that's a great video. Yeah, that's, that's a great that's show. That shows really good. Yeah. And it's got Bill Hader in it. I love my Everybody I love me Bill some Hader. Bill Hader. Uh, it's great that Harley Quinn, whether she looks fantabulous or not, uh, she's what brings the pod men together, I think. So that's good. Uh, other uh, news, we have the, the Thundercats doing a reversal going to live, from animated to live. So we'll see how that works as long as we have the uh, the Thundermobile. That's the only thing I care about. The Thunder live. Tank. The thunder it's tank. the Thunder Tank. Uh, yeah. and, and the live action Mum Ra. The live action Mumra yeah, or the exactly. undead live action Mumra. Yes, so, yes. Uh, there. What's interesting about this is the uh, director of Godzilla um, versus Kong is <laughs> is attached to direct this. Yeah, after the phenomenal success of uh, GVK, which we'll talk about shortly, they uh, let him go wild with Thundercats. Uh, so the- Thundercats is a uh, it's got a pretty decent mythology it's, it's a good show basically uh, uh, what's interesting is everybody wants now Jason Momoa to be cast as Lion-O which, <laughs> sure. if, which he does look like Lion-O let go <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, what's interesting about it is Lion-O they leave Thundera they're playing it because it's, it's going to explode just like Krypton uh, they land on New Earth and so the thought is it's Earth after, like, you know, a dystopian holocaust or whatever. But they land on New Earth, but they they have to go into cryotubes while they're traveling 
and Lionel's too. Lionel's just like a, a twelve-year-old, and his there's something wrong with his cryo bed or whatever, and he continues to age, but not mentally, obviously. So he gets out, and he's like a you know a, a twenty-five-year-old man, but he's you know developmentally he's like still twelve. How so it's he, almost like how does he run? Do you know? He runs well. <laughs> he runs. He runs with his wrists taut. Okay. And his hands in karate chop motions. All right, so he's like, cutting through the air. Okay. Very masculine run, I will say. But uh, the uh, uh, it, it would be inter- it's almost like a you know a uh, Captain Marvel Shazam sort of scenario, Billy Batson. So it'd be interesting to see Jason Momoa play that character um, from that standpoint. All right. Well, we will see. We'll see if. Uh, if uh, DC starts uh, canceling other uh, uh, movies oh, like they did New Gods and uh, The Trench, maybe Jason Lamar will be uh, looking for something there. So, yeah, that hurt my feelings. It hurts a lot. Yeah, that that, that one, that New Gods movie getting canceled, especially with if it was going to be based on that Mr. Miracle book. That that one hurts. That well, one hurts a lot. They could compete with the Eternals. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, you can't fight the Eternals. It's not no, bad. The, the problem is, suck. <laughs> it's yeah. The Eternals suck. It's what it is. Is it? They could. They said they could fit it into the schedule. Into the the schedule. Now, the trench. There was a cool story that Jeff Johns wrote when he took over Aquaman about the trench and everything. And so, they, and, and those monsters were pretty creepy. You saw them in, in the Aquaman movie, but he was going to do like a story about that, almost like a horror story, which is cool. But again, it's like, you know, uh, how do you market it in the yeah, DC universe? Well, yeah. But New Gods, uh, you've got you, – everybody's clamoring for Dark Side and, you know, and uh, uh, Apocalypse and Granny Goodness and all this. So you, everybody's excited about New God or uh, Dark Side. Well, now you get Dark Side again, right? You had a good – yeah, good director the, behind it too. Yeah. The flip side is like – Hi, Father, Mr. Miracle, Orion. The whole dynamic between Orion and Mr. Miracle is so cool. And such like, a good – that you can do so much with that in film. God. And, so, and, and for God. the listeners that don't know, Orion is Darkseid's son. Uh, Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, is High Father's son. High Father's the leader of New Genesis, which is like the peaceful utopian planet. And Apocalypse is their neighboring planet, which is like a hell zone, Right. And so they're at war, and the way their peace treaty is, they have to trade sons, you know, like the old, you know, uh, keep a hostage, yeah. you know. So uh, Scott, so Orion is is given to High Father, and High Father treats him like a son. Uh, where yeah. Scott Free, which his name wasn't Scott Free when he was given to him, uh, because they were traded it like his babies, but um, Scott Free, Darkseid just throws him in the in the uh, slave pits. And the reason he became named Scott Free is because he kept escaping. That's his whole origin story is he doesn't have superpowers. He's just an escape artist, which is badass. That is a cool-ass concept for a character. Uh, yeah. Then you've got Big Barda. He falls in love with Big Barda. She's, she's one of Granny Goodness's warriors on, on Apocalypse. She turns good. They both return to, to uh, New Genesis. She makes a porno it's, movie with Superman. Uh-huh. Thanks, John Byrne. It's it is a it, it is a great uh, like um, and it's um, oh god, 
John, uh, uh, Joe Kirby's Jack. Kirby, uh, yeah. Jack Kirby. I don't want to. Say, I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, it's Jack Kirby's first uh, like kind of blush with this stuff, and then he left went to Marvel and did the Eternals. The Eternals are a bastardized version of New Gods. But which yeah. movie are we going to get? The Eternals. Yeah, it sucks. The dog's pissed. It does suck. The dog is pissed, and. Uh, you know, he just heard. I hadn't told him yet. I should have probably pulled him aside first and told yeah. him. Yeah, you, you don't want to hear it first on the podcast, definitely. No, yeah, he's taking it rough. Well, no, did with that. Taking it rough. Ah, uh, uh, very good. But yes, you're, uh, you're you're barking up the wrong tree on that one, Podman Ron. All right. Uh, so you know, talking about eternal clashes here. Uh, let's go to the movies because we may have some more clashes to talk about there. All right. We just talked about it uh, related to Thundercats news. Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, This is the third movie of the uh, Monsterverse franchise, as it was. uh, Fourth. It's the fourth. Fourth? We had two uh, I guess Kong Skull Island. And Kong, right. yeah. Yes, I forget about Kong Skull Island in there. Uh, we had so, two movies. What's that? We had two Godzilla movies. We did have yes. two Godzilla movies. So we had Godzilla. We had Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, Kong on Skull Island, and uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Kong. Yeah. Which one did I watch the other? 2014. You said it That's was. That's the first Godzilla. That's the first yeah. one. Which one was the second one? Godzilla King of the Monsters. It's where it, had, it had a bunch of monsters in it. Not oh. just Godzilla. Oh. The, did the one that you have have Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in it? Yeah. Okay, Which that was is bizarre, right? Because that's yeah. the first thing I noticed, because Jacob wanted to watch it and start over. That uh, Yeah, I, I realized that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are in it, but they're married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you're watching the, the Ultimates or something, yeah. Like that's, the first, that's the first Godzilla. That was the first yes. one that you watched. All right. Yeah. So, which we can get to, but right now, let's. Now that we've established that Godzilla versus Kong, uh, have has everybody watched it? Yeah, I have. All right, Podman Ron. Yeah, I watched. It. Okay, uh, Podman Ron, you've been awfully quiet here so far. Let's give you the first shot here. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Was this the matchup of the century? Uh, it was a matchup. It was, uh, you know, it, it started out interesting. I, I will say that, you know, they came out of the gate with it. Um, got my attention. I really liked it for, for a bit, for about 15 minutes there. And, uh, <laughs> 15 minutes out of a two-hour movie was good. Yeah, but then, I mean, it started going into all this, you know, these... I was okay with the humans that were escorting Kong all the way around the world, but I hate it's, the, uh, it's all the others. Yeah. The podcaster. Was, yeah. I didn't like the fact that <laughs> they were bringing this little girl around. I thought that was a little um, too stupid for this little girl to be going to the center of the earth and all this other shit. I mean, good Lord. But the whole thing with Millie Brown and the podcaster and all that, that, that did not even be, need to be in this movie. I have no idea what they, the hell they were doing, or it, it got really confusing at times. Um, I was confused at times. Brian cleared it up a little bit last night with it, but I was confused at 
why Godzilla all of a sudden was attacking everybody. You know, it's like, why is he, you know, destroying things? And then, yeah, why he attacked Apex, I have an answer for. I don't know why he kept attacking people. Well, I guess because he was looking for Megacon or whatever the fuck it's called. Megacon, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Megadroid or Mega. Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla, yeah. That. He yeah, was looking that. for that. I mean, it was like, but I I didn't know that at the time. No one kind of, you know, you got to spell this shit out. I'm you know, a Godzilla fan, so. Uh, oh, my God. Like father, like son. What the fuck are you ordering, Alex? Sorry, I forgot I was uh, not on mute. I couldn't get Chick-fil-A. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> like father, like son. But, Brian, but I, break out the Cheetos and fried pork skins. Yeah, but if yeah. anything, I, this movie has proven that these movies do not will not interest me. They will not keep my interest. I, just these two at the end, them the way they were fighting, it just kind of was overboard at, at times. It's like, okay, this is going on about ten minutes too long. I mean, it, it, it started looking really, really fake. I mean, he did. They'd hit buildings, and yeah, thank God. How many? How many people are dying in these buildings? And then at a the, lot of people. You don't see any. You don't see anybody. Right. Until at the very end, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, these people are running in the street and stuff. And it's like, where the fuck are all these people at before? It just, I don't know. It just seemed kind of stupid to me. Uh, it just. But apparently, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's getting like an eighty percent. So I, I don't people, know the the people love their big dumb monster movies. I think is what we've learned from this. Um, oh God, Alex, uh, I, I don't want to interrupt her. I don't want to interrupt her eating, but uh, <laughs> as you're unwrapping that delicious golden chicken, I'm not sandwich. unwrapping. I'm just I'm just walking with the bag in my hand. I'm okay. Do you have tap, Do you have tap shoes on? What the? <laughs> Gregory hey, Hines. Lives Are you going to clogging class? I'm just walking. I'm just walking. All right. Well, Dylan. tell us what you think about Godzilla versus Kong while you're walking. Um. Well, I, I'm. A, this is probably the first time me and my and PMR have really agreed on a movie in a while. But I agree with PMR pretty much. I didn't think this was great. Uh, I thought it was kind of like a like a walking turd that I had to suffer through. Um. I thought the best part of it was Kong. Uh, he felt he felt like a character at least. Godzilla. I don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah, I um, yeah. I think ultimately they really pushed Kong more than Godzilla, and I didn't like that. If this is going to be a movie about two champions fighting, I'd like to get to know both of their intentions and what's going on. Uh, it true. just it, it felt a lot more like Kong too than, than yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, very yeah it, it felt it felt like they were playing catch up when really they should have taken the time to maybe do another Kong film and then balance them out in this movie. But they were playing catch up with Kong's character arc that's grown since the seventies. And it's like and while I thought the little girl was actually the best actress in the movie and oh. probably my favorite, I do agree that it was like I get bored. It's so contrived at this point to have the smallest thing on the planet be friends with the biggest thing. It's like, I get it. Uh, It's fun. And it's supposed to be just a stupid popcorn movie, but it's boring for most of that time. Millie Bobby Brown is god awful. Tyron Henry's at least. She is like watching Pain Your Eye. Yeah, she was. And if it weren't for Brian Tyree Henry's scenes with her, I I would have fucking passed out. That's the bigger black dude in the 
Yeah, he's actually kind of funny. He, he is funny. I thought was pretty he chews funny. the scenery. He chews the scenery really well, and he's great. But that script is god awful, and it, and half the time the movie doesn't really know what it's doing. And I I just don't I, I don't like Godzilla's motivation. I thought Mechagodzilla was a waste of fucking time, even though it looked cool. All of it was just like we threw the realism out of the original Godzilla movie and just went fucking who cares anymore. And I was just like, well, that's depressing because those movies at least held something of like a standard for this world, and now we just have a giant robot Godzilla, which is yeah. yeah. The, the, Godzilla, the Godzilla just did not seem like you said. There was no character development. I mean, you could have put insert any monster here, and that would have been fine. It didn't. Yeah, and I, it was, and I literally laughed out loud when they's like. These two are ancient foes. Well, how do they know they're ancient foes? I mean, yeah, it, God's, God's, like, it seems like fucking Kong was like a baby in the 70s. So how are they ancient foes? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking well, they, sense. Yeah, it, they have cave paintings to go by. They have the cave uh, paintings. Oh, whatever. <laughs> God. No, I, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with uh, a lot of what you guys said. I'm the, I'm the big Godzilla fan here. Uh, my disappointment with the movie is that they threw out what uh, and I was talking to uh, somebody else about it today. The, the script that I had wrote in my mind, they didn't use it, and that's why I'm disappointed. You know, they they built up the the monarch. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, folks in the second movie, and they introduced a shit ton of monsters in the second movie. Right. And they said, okay, well, Godzilla beat up a bunch of them, and you had a lot of different types of fights and stuff like that. Um, and you had these characters that were still probably pretty well one dimension uh, from the second movie, King of the Monsters. But you almost you you could have seen them built up this world of Monarch to where they could have been, you know, like Shield. And this, and you could have uh, the. Uh, uh, Ken Watanabe, who, who they killed off, but he could have been kind of like the the Nick Fury of it or whatever. But they, they had these kind of different – you had the funny guy. You had the uh, Japanese woman who had a twin that was a throwback to the Mothra movies. You had the concerned you know doctor and all this stuff. So you had all those kind of uh, characters built up in the second movie, uh, including Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, as the you know lovable kid or whatever, uh, but then in this movie they just threw all of that away. All of those people, except for Millie Bobby Brown, they threw away, and all of the monsters they threw away. And it's like, well, shit, what are you trying to build here? So that that's where my disappointment came from. And I, nothing. And for nothing. nothing. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? I have some thoughts. All right. So first off. To, to Ron's point, the uh, it, it was not clear at all why Godzilla was doing anything that he was doing. You know, uh, it was I don't like his motivation was I don't like Kong, and uh, apparently it was the whole thing with them using Rodan as uh, as the basis for Mecha Godzilla, which or, that's how was it Rodan oh, or yeah yeah. It was Rodan, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was King Ghidorah because that was the head that got. Oh, you're right. It was King Ghidorah. Yeah, they had one of the heads from King Ghidorah, and so they were using King Ghidorah's head, like his skull and neural pathways, to control Mechagodzilla, Uh, and that was what that was the reasoning why he was going after the apex, because that's where one of the heads was. 
and I guess they had the other head built into Mechagodzilla. Yeah, unclear. I, but I don't, I don't know definitively. Like that's, I mean, I, I assume that the, the reason he was attacking these different places because it was each a place where the head, one of the heads was. Um, but totally unclear on that. They, uh, they've got a, pro- they've got the the uh, the human components a problem in the in the film, like because it's like, well, we have to have a human element, but. There's wanton destruction. Your human element could just be people running and trying to escape. You just, all you have to do is treat it like, for the human component, is just treat it like a disaster movie. Which, just, and we'll get to Podman Ron's retro review of it. That's kind of what they did in the first movie, and, and they were heavily criticized for it. You know, like, oh my gosh, this is, you can't show that much terror and the point of view from the humans. You need to show the, the destruction from the kaiju's point of view. So, again, critics here, see, you I, can't fucking I, win. I like I liked that better because that is how it's humanizing, right? It is humanizing. You do have these people trying to escape the destruction. Uh, uh, and you've got a reason to actually be invested in these the, the human characters. Right. In this, you've got these weird-ass, like, plots and things. You know, when they went to the center of the earth, I just kept thinking about, you know, Finn and, and Rose Tico when they went to that game, that casino planet in, in, uh, um, not The Force Awakens, but, uh, Jedi. Jedi. Last Jedi. Yeah. Last Jedi. I'm like, well, this, this is such a weird subplot. And then, you know, when they get there, I guess the whole thing was the, Whatever kaiju came and crashed on Earth, that was its skeletal structure. And, like, it, the radiation from that is what spawned all of this. And I guess is what we were supposed to take from it. No explanations, though. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, it made no goddamn sense. Right, but you saw it, right? You saw that it was a skeleton of, like, a Godzilla-type monster. All that, right? but I didn't know, you know. But it, yeah, right. They didn't bother explaining it. They didn't no. bother explaining who carved all those King Kong statues at the center of the Earth. Right, that was were Kongs doing that, making statues of themselves. Weird. Uh, and then it dawned on me, this is the exact same plot as Batman versus Superman. Hmm. They they killed Zod in in Superman, Man of Steel. Luthor takes Zod's body and builds uh, and makes Doomsday. They kill um, uh, King Ghidorah. And uh, Monarch or Apex or whoever uses uh, uh, King Ghidorah to make Mechagodzilla. And then, I swear to God, when when Kong is laying on the ground and he's defeated. Oh, and that's the other thing, like to what Ron was saying, too. Like, when you see all this destruction, it's like they might as well have been fi- fighting, you know, in a, in a warehouse full of cardboard boxes. Like, <laughs> no, there, there was no, you know, they're knocking over these buildings, but yeah. the lights are all out in the building. There's no lights on, like, where you can see somebody inhabited that, that apartment. Like, all the lights are off, so it's like, oh, well, this building was clear. Well, that's you know, it's like, heaven forbid there actually be, like, collateral damage from this fight. Yeah, but but, I mean, again, I think that's being way too picky. I mean, that's sort of like, I mean, this is not intended to be a fantastically overanalyzed movie. It's supposed to be be just a, you know, it's it's fast and furious. So if you're going to try to apply logic to this, tell me how you're parachuting cars out of the back of a fucking plane and landing them through through things. And and that's an okay thing, right? That's fine to do. My, I'm not saying you need to see somebody in the window. You don't need to see somebody silhouette. 
But when a building gets toppled over because Godzilla gets thrown into it, some of the lights should be on to show that people inhabited those buildings. I just, I, I, I don't I, think that's nitpicking. I think that just gives it a little more context, a little more realism. It's just, just a, a little. little. But uh, again, I don't think they're trying Brad, to do it Brad, realistic. Brad, I, Brad, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be on your side with this because I agree. Uh, it's whether when it's movies like Man of Steel who are taking themselves very seriously, <laughs> destruction may be a problem. But in this, it is ridiculous and it's just stupid. The real issues are just with the script and how we character and how the characters work. That's where the issue lies: the runtime and all of that. But my, my problem is with what, what Brian's talking about. And where I'm agreeing with him at is the fact that if it would have been like one or two buildings he stumbled into or they crashed into, but towards the end, man, it was like they were just – I don't think there should have been anything left. I mean they were just knocking them down left it, and anything right. Anything that had neon was gone, yes. It was yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a giant kaiju fight. With all it's that a giant neon. kaiju fight. It just, it yeah, just I don't know. That was weird. It just started looking really fake. I mean – But I thought know, it was – again, I think it was meant to be – just kind of this fantastic, uh, you know, uh, feast of the eyes. A lot of colors and all this kind of stuff. I I love that yeah. in fight. Again, I didn't know yeah, I didn't mind it, the I thought fight. it looked cool. And, and yeah, I thought so it still looked cool. It to back to, so back to the Batman v Superman, which I kind of got like a, or I kind of went off on my own tangent about the the wanted destruction. But when Godzilla is standing <laughs> over Kong, and Kong is he's got his foot on Kong's chest. And Kong, like, growls or whatever, and then Godzilla turns away and walks walks away. I'm like, if I had not seen that Mothra meme <laughs> about, we'll save Mothra, why did you say that name? Why Mothra? Like, that is exactly what that seem, seemed like. Whatever Kong growled, I think, translates to Mothra. You should have saved Mothra. Well, if uh, if Sub Zero says that, uh, if there's a scene like that in Mortal Kombat, I I, I pity Warner Brothers because you will see Brian's <laughs> wrath on that one. I can't be the only one that thought that when when you saw I that. I thought it. Yeah, I yeah. thought it too. So so not yeah. only do we have the whole Zod Doomsday using Zod's body to make Doomsday, you've got King Ghidorah being used to make Mechagodzilla. Doomsday doesn't show up until the last ten minutes of, of Batman versus Superman. Neither does Mecha Godzilla. Uh, you got the whole fight, and then for some reason I, he just doesn't kill him after like after all that. He just leaves him there, laying on the ground, and walks wanders away. And then you have to do the whole thing with uh, with uh, uh, Superman, then saving you know making that sacrifice. Which it, it, yeah, at the end, like it was all Kong, like. If you told me that Kong was going to be the one that was the came out, you know, the star of this film, I would have thought you were crazy. I, if anything, they told us somebody was going to die. They kept saying one will fall, one will fall. Which one fell? Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised no one has brought it up yet. The the PR PMR connection here. Kong. Kong uh, loses one of the battles with Godzilla, gets up, and he pulls a, p a total PMR, right? What's he doing? <laughs> he pops his uh, shoulder, his dislocated shoulder, back oh, into place oh, against yeah, a building. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I, was I wasn't thinking that was a PMR. I, think that, I was thinking no. that was a Martin Riggs. No, I think, I was, was, I think a PMR. Well, you said it was a PMR. 
when you say it was a PMR, I was like, what, did he call Godzilla a racial slur or something? Like, what, no, what, did, what did he do? never, never do that. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I liked, and we kind of glossed over it, that, uh, you know, again, if there's spin-offs, spin-offs to be had here, is uh, the whole hollow earth concept. I, yeah. I, I, I like that. I thought that was fantastic. I, like, I actually like that, too. Yeah. I thought it, it kind of made sense where these monsters go to or where they come from. I wish they would have, like, I don't know, explored that a little bit more, but they just touched on it for no reason. It made no goddamn sense. Well, they, then they touched on it, and then they went right back to the surface and had that stupid battle, and it was like, okay, well, that was interesting for five minutes. Well, and here's here's some here's another couple of tidbits. They said that they the at the beginning of the movie, the reason why they thought the Titans came from was because they were so close to the Earth's core, the radiation mutated them. So right. at the end of the movie, like all the humans just moved down there to Hollow Earth and started hanging out. Like, wouldn't the radiation kill them? You would like, think. Just going to mutate them. We'll see. That's one. But two, when they did, it was so much trouble, so many plot points just to get to the Hollow Earth, right? And then Godzilla just uses his his God's, his laser breath to bore a hole through the entire planet. Yeah, I know. I know. And then, like, what? And then, like, basically shouts an insult at Kong, <laughs> you know, uh, 400 miles deep in this hole. And Kong's like, what'd you say about my mama? What? Like, they're, like, staring at each other through the hole. Well, I know. And where's the lava and everything else that, you know, that you got to go through? You know, these people had to use this special ship to get through there. Oh, fucking Godzilla just blows a hole with his breath and just all stares down it. That's why he's king of monsters. That's why he's the king. And shouts something that Kong can hear. And it takes Kong, what, two seconds to go climb up that hole? Yeah, he's right up that hole. There's no gravity inversion then. Well, how fucking far? It's on the other side of the world. I mean, he's, I know he's big and giant, but it should still take him, you know, I don't know, a long time. To climb from the center of the earth to the fucking surface? It's got to be hundreds of miles. <laughs> well, I would think. I yeah, would I think mean, it's a little bit more than that. I mean, Brad, yeah. your thoughts on that? Again, I think you're. Uh, it's meant to just be a, a kind of a kid's movie type stuff, which we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, it was fine. Again, yes, there that made no sense whatsoever. Oh, okay. Did, did it ruin my viewing of the movie? No, because I kind of don't believe that there are giant gorillas and giant uh, other monsters around either. So if I'm going to make that leap, the the leap that the atomic breath could go all the way to the center of the earth or whatever, that's that's not too far of a jump for me. Do you know how many miles it is to the center of the earth? Uh, I just Googled it. Three I Googled it, which is more... Which is more than the screenwriter did. <laughs> the same as it licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Is that what you said? Yes. Uh, it's 3,959 miles to the center of the earth. Kong covered that. Uh, and- but again, I mean, you're, you're trying to apply <laughs> logic to a movie that already does not have logic applied to it. I mean, that's sort of like saying... In, uh, Star Trek or something like that is like, well, warp speed isn't possible. I can't believe that. That how can they go to warp seven? There doesn't. It's like, well, it just happens. Who gives a shit? I think I think Brian, you're having I think you're having problems, Brian, being able to just sit back and enjoy a movie for what it is. 
I, I agree Ooh. that of your logic points uh. there. I agree that there are flaws and all that kind of stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a horrible movie. It can still be an enjoyable movie, even though it's no, completely I ridiculous. I haven't said it's horrible, but I do like to point out the ridiculous, uh, you know, th- these are things that I have to willingly shut my brain off about. I felt it was horrible towards the last half. I thought the first, like, like I said, it came out of the gate strong, and I liked it. I was like, okay, this is coming out, this is pretty good. And I, I don't know, it just kind of, it just kind of, something just, it got too convoluted with the humans, it got too, with uh, Millie Brown and that stupid subplot, and they got too convoluted with going down to the center of the earth, and then you know, yeah, I, I would like a uh, a Millie Bobby Brown free cut, like the flip opposite <laughs> of the Snyder cut. I'd like a cut of this film where they cut out her plot entire. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't make no sense, so they could do it easily, and then like. You know, the whole thing, I don't know the one that had cyber or whatever it's called, because Monarch... Godzilla. I know why. They could have had Monarch being the ones that made Mechagodzilla, saying that they created him to, to counter the uh, the monsters, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was what... That's another thing that was weird. It's like, all of a sudden, everybody's cheering for Kong and Godzilla to fight the robots. If it was me looking up, I'd be like, God, I hope that fucking robot that we built as humans kicks that monkey's ass and that other guy's ass. The, the- yeah, because you don't, you're, you're looking at it from the street. You don't have the context of, and you're looking at, you see their foot walk by. You don't know who's winning or who's, well, it's but his motivations are because you're not in a helicopter. Well, here's my thing. You, you know, both Kong and Godzilla have destroyed both, you know, Florida. And we're Hong Kong fighting each other. Well, all of a sudden, here comes a robot. Well, I would assume, oh, my God, that, that's the army's made this robot to fight Kong and Godzilla. So that robot's on our side. But <laughs> Do either no, you- they, just start, they just start cheering for Kong and Godzilla to beat up for the robot. And I'm like, well, dum-dums. I mean, that robot may be the one saving you, but I don't know. I just... Either if you feel like there, or any of the three of you feel like there was an opportunity missed when Kong was on the the aircraft carrier, where they could have done a tidal wave and he actually surfed it. That would have been. I great. feel like I, mean, I feel like the whole movie was was an opportunity missed. I, I, <laughs> so I, I, I ain't got much there. I'm glad that we got the uh, Kong doing a Bruce Willis jump. I mean, off well, of, we did uh, have uh, one of them, so we yeah. did get that. <laughs> Yeah, I would have loved to have seen, like, Godzilla trigger a tidal wave, Kong's on the, the aircraft carrier and has to surf his way to safety. You know, I do like the fact, no, I don't like it, I'm just, this is kind of a joke, but it's a, uh, they've made Kong more of a, uh, he's not a sexist creep anymore, he's not perving on girls, you know, he's just like, he's just good with kids now. He's just he's good no with longer kids. kidnapping, uh, you know, young ladies and bringing them into the woods with them. I mean, or, you know, or he likes them even younger. Well, that's true. And it depends on how you look at it. All right. Well, we we need to wrap this up because we do have some uh, a, a, a great movie review from Brian coming up. Uh, Alex, give us some ratings here. Um, I I I don't have any problems with the silliness of the film. I'm fine with the film being silly, but I have a problem with the script and the way it tells the story. Two out of five. All right. 
Brian? I'll give it a three out of five. I'll, uh, you, you would give it that? I, I, I enjoyed more of it than PMR did, I feel like. My thing is, I enjoyed a lot. The big detracting piece for me was Millie Bobby Brown, that whole story arc, and then some of the logic gaps towards the uh, in the third act. So, all right, I'll, I'll uh, we'll save PMR for last. I'll give it a uh, I'll give it a three as well, a low, uh, a low three if I could. Uh, nope. Only three. I know I know I can't. Uh, only because again, I, I thought the fight scenes, all of that, the, I thought the effects, the sound, all of that stuff was fantastic, and that's why you, you go to see one of these movies. Uh, but I'm very disappointed that they didn't pick up uh, the the script that I had wrote in my head and didn't send to anybody. So disappointed in the script, <laughs> but uh, I liked the effects and the music. I thought it was great. So, what was your rating again, Brett? Uh, three. It's, again, worth seeing, maybe worth seeing again, just to have it on in the background and turn your head to watch the fights. Uh, but that's yeah. about it. Uh, and I, I will also give it a three. And it's same. Re- <laughs> no, no, I mean for the same reasons. I mean, I the fight, especially at the beginning, I really liked. I mean, I thought it looked cool. I mean, you know, it was it was neat. But like Brad said, it it's kind of a. I think there was a lot of missed opportunities with Monarch and building that universe like it seemed like they were trying to do, especially in Skull Island. And, you know, that they could have really explained a lot more than what they did here. But but if you want to just have this on in the background while you're fucking around the house and just <laughs> while you're just fucking fight, me up. Well, hold on, the fight scene comes on. Oh, Kong loves him young. <laughs> that's that's one of the things I told uh, told Ron. Like the sexual tension throughout that film was palpable. Oh yeah, All that <laughs> just, it was a real yeah. will they won't they. <laughs> All right, yeah. well, an, a will they won't they? Uh, a question that I had uh, for the past week is will Brian or will Brian not watch the movie that was assigned to him by the Spinning Wheel? <laughs> we can be heroes on Netflix now. Uh, Brian, you watched it begrudgingly. I did. Did you watch it by yourself, or did you find some children to watch it with? <laughs> they, oh, my that children, felt so, so wrong. <laughs> flatly refused. My children flatly refused. It, and I can normally, if I want to watch something, they're like, "All right, let's check it out." They were like, "Hell no, we are not." Like they, they now, are they are just, they anti uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Uh, I mean, what, what's what's the problem here? I just think they can. They uh, <laughs> they, can they have a, a bad movie. They can sniff out a bad movie, right? <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, it, uh, we can be heroes, which was like a uh, effectively a sequel, I guess. It's yeah. in the same universe as Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Um, which Jacob, my uh, my oldest son, who's 16, loves Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, same. To where to the point where. Uh, we got a note home from uh, uh, daycare one day that he'd bit somebody because he was trying to pretend to be Shark Boy. Wow. He takes it. So, yeah, he takes it to the extreme. So he loved it. He loved Shark Boy. He wouldn't watch it. He refused. Uh, the twins. <laughs> he didn't want to sully his memory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's 16. The, uh, the twins are 12. Nope. They wanted no part of it whatsoever. And so I got to sit there and watch it, like, a, and I felt like a complete perv watching this thing, like by myself the whole time. 
I'm just glad it wasn't in a theater. No, we would but, not. Uh, we would not send you to the theater to watch it. But uh, so essentially, it's it's if you watch Spy Kids or you watched um, La- Sharp Boy and Lava Girl, it's the same thing. Uh, if you were seven, eight, you'd have loved it, right? Unfortunately, I'm 45, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I still and, loved it. And yeah, it was uh, it was. It was your normal Disney, you know, sp- uh, sky high. Whoa, now, whoa, now, whoa. Wait a oh, minute. Hold, hold it. Hold it. Hold on. Hold on. It is not as as bad or as good as sky high. Sky no. high is incredible. Do not insult the integrity of sky high. Sky high is your show. All right, Moving so up. it's as good as any of the – and this is, uh, again, Brian, you said it's in the same universe. It's kind of in that – whether it's in the same uh, cinematic universe, it's kind of in the same conceptual universe as Spy Kids. And these – they're all Robert Rodriguez, right? Right. Directed, yeah, wrote right. it, uses a lot of the same cast and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's kind of all all in that same world. It's, yeah, same, same, uh, same sort of CGI effects, like uh, – you know, not uh, not great CGI effects, but passable. The um, the thing, their breakout character from this uh, was the daughter of Sharp Boy and Lava Girl, which she was Sharp like. Girl, the, Lava Girl matter married? I mean, yeah, Sharp they're Boy. married, and they got like a five year old kid. Oh shit! And uh, she's like the Rudy. <laughs> that means they banged uh, each other. They oh. did. She's like the Rudy of uh, of this movie, you know, uh, or Olivia of this movie. So she's got a little bit of a lisp. She's also the one that kind of goes. She's their Wolverine on this team. She goes berserker rage. It's her shark instincts kick in. Uh, she can control water, like Lava Boy could, could or Lava Girl could control lava. And then she has shark instincts. All right. So, uh, so, so, so yeah. let me ask you, I mean, so you think that, again, this is what I was uh, harping on in the uh, Godzilla. For a 45-year-old man to watch this, it, it's not a good movie. But for a kid, from a kid's movie, maybe not yours, <laughs> your kids who, who uh, didn't want to watch it, but from, yeah, whatever, 10-year-old kid's movie, was it a good enough movie, I guess? Good, a good kid's movie. Yeah, so... If you're looking for something to entertain your children while you are busy doing something else, <laughs> having sex this is to a Godzilla good, versus Kong, this is a good film. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you're boning around the house to King uh, King Kong and Godzilla, and you need something <laughs> to occupy the kids, give them your iPad and put the uh, noise canceling headphones on them, and turn on uh, uh, We Can Be Heroes. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, uh, Podman Ron, Alex, have, has he convinced you to even try to watch this? No, no, I'm, I'm. I wouldn't mind. I watch Sharp Boy and Lava Boy, or where the fuck it is. Yeah. But I, I, I would watch this movie. Why not? I'd throw it on in the background and watch a few minutes of it. See if I would take to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've watched it. I admit that I've watched it. And again. 
It's a it's a kids movie. It's like a Disney Channel type movie with, like Brian said, and and with all of those uh, the Spy Kid type movies, the uh, special effects are kind of kind of you know just passable. They're like TV grade, maybe low TV grade <laughs> in some cases. Uh, but I think that's kind of part of the uh, quote unquote charm of the movies is that they're he makes them on a shoestring budget for the most part reuses the same cast that he uses in other movies uh and generally speaking i'm a fan of robert rodriguez's movies in the first place at least more of his adult fare type movies uh but you know what he has a kid he started making kids movies so god bless him all right do you want to give it a rating or not even dignify it with a rating I would say if I was eight years old, <laughs> yep, eight I would old. give it. I'd give it a four. All right, very good. That's not bad. That's pretty good. I mean, you know, I, mean, I, would, I would watch that. You giving it a four as an eight-year-old? As an eight-year-old. You know what would be interesting is five-year-old Brian give it. A one. Oh, man. You know, what would be interesting, I was just thinking, you know, if we if we have mo- more movies like this, uh, you know, if we did something like, okay, when Brian, when you were eight years old, what was a movie that you thought was fantastic? You know, that now you look at it back now and be like, ugh, that was horrible. You know, I wonder how you could compare that, like, uh, how does this compare to uh, Crawl, Crawl, or uh, Goonies? Uh, Goonies may not be a good example, but oh. you know something like that. To where, if you watch it now as an adult, you're like, okay, this. I feel creepy watching it, sort of thing. I wonder. If I'd, ar- I'd argue. I'd argue that Goonies is a good example. Oh yeah, I haven't watched that in <laughs> yeah. a while. So, yeah. no, I like yeah. I like Goonies. Goonies holds up today. It's still good. Doesn't the, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Crawl would be one. Or uh, I'll tell you, man, when I was eight, I loved Clash of the Titans. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good example. Yeah, it was fantastic, right? I, yeah. yeah, I love Clash of the Titans. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of that clockwork owl. And, and that side boob, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Cassiopeia side boob, yeah. Getting out yep. of that tub. Mm. So. All right. Of the, between the two, I would I would pick Clash of the Titans. All right. Well, right now you have to pick you have to pick a Netflix replacement movie, Brian. What's it going to be? You think? Well, and here's the thing: I'm trying to put some goodwill into the world. That's your choice. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't want to go in and give somebody else a a dud of a film to watch. Uh, I feel like uh, maybe we need to set some ground rules around the uh, the wheels. Well, no, but uh, Podman Ron says no ground rules. It's, it's yeah. dealer choice. You can either make yeah, it a good one or a bad one. There's something on there that you think is good, so, you know. All right, so here we go. Here's right. what I'm putting on the list. All right, uh, I will put it up on the wheel. 2016, uh, Taika Watiti directed Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, wow. And the Wilder what? People. Hunt for the Hunt for the Wilder People. It stars Sam Neill. No, I, I, Jurassic I, Park. I've Dad, seen, you've watched this movie. I've seen it too. Oh I've crap! Seen it. No, we. I don't I, know if we can do this it. one. All right. Do you have a backup? Then I'm the last the last blockbuster. 
Oh, is that, isn't that the documentary? Yeah. That's the documentary. All right. That's good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Doesn't it be on Netflix since he got it? It is. It is on yep. Dad. The last blockbuster is on Netflix. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Podman Ron thought he had you on that one. He thought he got you. I got you. Oh, the last blockbuster, it's... Uh, it talks about the uh, the struggles and what killed Blockbuster. Actually, it talks about the rise of Blockbuster and then uh, the demise of Blockbuster. All right. Well, I've added that to the wheel, so let's give it a spin here and see who the next victim is going to be, shall we? Right. <laughs> All right. Let me share the results here with the... Uh, with the the crew, I think everybody's going to be very happy with this. Uh, and let's get everybody's reaction as soon as it gets shared here. I don't know why it's acting very slow. There we go. All right. So tell me what you think, guys. I'm still waiting for the results. Uh, they're coming through. Oh, uh, here God damn. Yep. PM. Looks <laughs> <laughs> <Ian> like. <laughs> It's just me and Rod over and over again. I love guys. it. You guys are, I feel, I'm, I'm, okay jealous. With this. I'm jealous of you, actually. I'm not. Have fun. All right, PMR, step up to the wheel. I've added uh, the last blockbuster on here. I think you would like that documentary. Yeah, I'd actually like that. I hope that one gets picked. All right, we'll give it a good spin. Here you go. Let's share these results to the pod man here. And we'll, we'll, as we talked about in the last episode, we may have to just double check and see if this is still on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Earwig and the Witch on HBO Max. Uh, Earwig God. and the Witch, I think. I forgot. Is that the isn't name that like a, isn't like a, Isn't it a studio Ghibli? It's yeah, but I've watched it. It's uh, I'm hard pressed to call it Studio Ghibli. It's uh, I think it's by uh, the cartoon. It looks pretty good. It looks like a Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, Ghibli's first uh, uh, 3D animated movie. What's Ghibli? Uh, You'll find out. Princess Mononoke, The Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away. Hello, Spirited Away. Hayao What's the Miyazaki? one with the cat bus? What's the one with the cat bus? Uh, My neighbor Totoro. Yeah, yeah. You can check out all the G- Studio Ghibli movies on HBO Max, by the way, Podman Ron, if you've so desired. Jesus Christ, I'm looking at casting crew, and it's ne- people I've never heard of. Yeah, so, yeah, you'll find out. It's okay. <laughs> It'll be all right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, well, and as, as I'm looking at the... Uh, uh, the cast here. I assume you've already watched it, Alex. Since it ha- or no, it has ri- <laughs> it has Richard E. Grant as opposed to Hugh Grant. I'm sorry, I got these Grants mixed up. You know how they are. All the Grants. All those fucking Grants. Uh, all right. Well, no, this is uh, by the uh, production uh, Goro Miyazaki, who I believe is Hayao Miyazaki's son. Uh, so it's not from the master, who is the Walt Disney of Japan. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think you'll I think you'll find it interesting, Podman Ron. I look forward to well, the review. And it's only an hour and twenty two minutes, so it's a quick one for you. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, that'll be all right. So be all right. I'm looking. 
We'll be fine. All right. Uh, let's see. You know, let's talk about we're uh, where are we? We're about an hour in here. We haven't even got to uh, uh, TV <laughs> stuff quite yet. And I know Brian has a lot to talk about on the TV stuff. So let's hit it. All right, in TV world, we've got a couple of new things. Uh, well, I guess Falcon and Winter Soldier, two episodes. Thank you for that. Uh, we have two episodes of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier down, I think, so far. Uh, so I know Brian is probably aching to talk about Invincible on Amazon Prime. Uh, do we want to touch on Falcon and Winter Soldier? Everybody was a little bit lukewarm with Falcon and Winter Soldier last time. Now that we have our Captain America replacement, do we feel a little bit better about where the direction of the show is heading? Not, I mean... Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I liked I liked his introduction, his introduction into it. I liked that you know everybody's not giving this guy a chance, and I don't know. It, it just seems it was all right. It was good. Still all right. You're still not your. Uh, I don't know if you call it your favorite Marvel TV show since there's not a whole lot to pick from, but nothing that's really keeping you going quite yet, <laughs> other than just curiosity. Yeah, I, I, I like the introduction of Isaiah uh, Bradley. Bradley, the uh, African American Captain America. Um, I liked his introduction. I think the guy they got to play him is perfect. I mean, just fantastic, great actor. Carl Lumley. Yeah, a great actor. I mean, he did superb. You know, just one thing that is just, I don't know, what makes these different, these Disney series different, is you've got two main stars. You've got Sebastian Stan and you've got... Uh, Anthony Mackie. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. Well, <laughs> yeah, Podman Ron, it's like you have these little people just whispering things in your ear. Like you're at a exactly. press conference and you're like, oh, you got this guy. His name's Anthony Mac. Anthony Mackie. He's great. He's great. Well, what makes this, what, <laughs> to me, what makes this show kind of just, I don't know, is you got these side characters who are really movie stars or people that you've never seen. I, I don't know who plays this guy who's playing John Walker. I've never seen him before. Uh, I'm no, I know he's been in a few things, but, you know, and then the same thing with, you know, the guy that's going to end up being the Patriot, you know, is uh, Bradley's, Isaiah Bradley's uh, grandson. You know, who's that guy? I mean, I, it just seems like these derated uh, stars. So, so well, yeah, that, did you know who Sebastian Stan was before he was cast as Winter Soldier or cast as Bucky? Did you know who Chris Hemsworth or Tom Hiddleston was before they were cast as whoa, Thor or Loki? Whoa, whoa. Ah, they're attacking me, man. I know right. those little oh, voices yeah. that were whispering Blood nice things to you. Yeah. Well, it's well, it's just I'm I'm gonna have to com- just say that's a load of horseshit for a second. Uh, the actors don't just come out of the woodwork and you know who they are. I mean, these these are people who like it or not. I'm sure there were eight list a list stars that auditioned for these roles, and these are the people they pick. I, I mean. People got to make a career, and people got to new people have to come, and you got to create stars here. I mean, you should have you have have two well-established characters enough that Sebastian Stan has so much online traffic; it's ridiculous already. So why why do you need an A-list at this point? You got two already. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I think that's stupid. Watch them, watch the show, and like the characters rather than judge them by their actor that behind the fucking role. Wow, damn! I, I like that. I like that attitude. <laughs> I'm sorry. And on top of that, I, Brian, I know me and Brian had a little debacle over Justice League, but I'm going to tell him he's right here. I like this so far a lot more than Wandavision, and I like that show a whole lot. Uh, I think this is great. Um, well, I, I, uh, I, I, I don't. <laughs> that's a that's a hell of a rebuttal. All right, I I, I think it's a great show. I know. I know. Uh, I think, why um, is it a great show, Alex? Educate us. I, I think I was nervous a lot about the comedy of the show. I think the trailers really showed the quip of these characters and not much of the dramatic tension they're going through. But these first two episodes, I, I'm impressed so far with how well they're handling the drama. I love. Bucky, Bucky's arc so far seems really fascinating. I love this transition they're doing for his character. Um, I think Anthony Mackie really puts in a cool performance, and I love this little political drama we're kind of building up here, and like the role of government and all, like all that. I think I think it's really cool. The Flag Smashers, even them, they they come off as a pretty cool and relatable, but also kind of threatening villain. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down well, for whatever we're doing say here. That because I, we haven't seen them do anything. So, Paul, I don't, I mean, they haven't really done anything. They've, I, been, they kicked, they've been to a they lot of therapy sessions. Of, they kicked two, they kicked. You there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think. <laughs> we, Flag Smashers got them. Yeah, oh, I'm a little nervous here. He got kicked again, he said. All right. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll kind of keep things going as we, uh, dial Alex back in here. Uh, I think we're, um, you know, I, am kind of in a, a little bit in the middle of the road here that so far I've enjoyed it. Uh, but I gotta be honest in the sense that I'm not, uh, I, uh, uh, Hey Alex, I'm kind of filling in time while, uh, while we get you back in here. Um, when we fill in with, I, I, with my thoughts. I, I was about to say so, that I enjoy it, but it's not one of those things where I'm waiting week to week to watch it like I was one division. So, Alex, continue your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to disagree. One division, at least to me, I, I told this to PMR sometimes over the phone. I got really, really sick of that week to week process. It felt like we were building to nothing, and it kind of turned out that we kind of were. And that show didn't really satisfy me with this conclusion. The yeah, more I mull on it. If we knew the whole time there was no surprise, yeah. Now, if we yeah, knew, I agree. Like part of the reason that Curious Week to Week was the fact that Bateney had said there was a big, you know, Luke Skywalker moment. So without yeah. that speculation of it, I wonder what there we was, would have rated the show because we put a lot more context into the show than actually was there. Yeah, even now, a month later after Wandavision ends. I don't have the most fond memories of that. I, 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 I love, I still like the show and I think it does a great deal to show what these Disney plus shows are like, but I don't think it's anything really that special besides its story concept. Uh, but this, this I think has the potential to actually be really, really good. And it seems like I like the developments we have with these characters. And I actually feel like there is going to be kind of consequences for the MCU holistically within this it doesn't just feel like we're just giving you a little blip story and we're just going away it feels like no this is this is time to see where these characters are going and where they're going to end up and who what team they're going to lead and where john walker is going to go and 
this is it seems like these are movie level consequences here and i i'm i'm down for it as well as the scripts are really good the show is really funny bit action all of that i'm i'm down i love it i think it's great well putting on my nerdstradamus cap real quick right we've got two leads you got falcon and winter soldier as the leads we know zemo's coming in uh i and me being a fan of this story with the watchdogs where um, John Walker is pushed over the edge and, and goes crazy, uh, I've got a feeling that may be Zemo's endgame, is, is drive Cap insane. And then now that's what you've got, is you've got Sam fighting John Walker and then um, uh, Bucky fighting Zemo. Like that's, yeah. that's, the way, that's where it ends. And I... This second episode was definitely better than the first. Um, and I want to get your opinion on something, Alex, since you weren't on the last episode. But I feel like uh, uh, as much as I do not like the way he looks in, in, in the uniform, there is something weird about that chin strap. It makes him look like he has no chin whatsoever. Um, but uh, he, they did a really good job this episode explaining why he was selected as the new Captain America. Right. When you yeah, saw the footage right. of him and you heard about his history and the interview with Good Morning America, I felt good about him. Like it made sense to me and he, he seemed credible as as Captain America. Right. Especially considering yep. he doesn't have the super soldier serum. Right. Well, I liked, or does he? Yeah, I mean, that's what on. I was going to ask. Yeah. OK. Well, let me, yeah. The man's getting juiced up in the season later for sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> That could also tie into why he goes nuts, right? Yeah. They're using some ghetto version of the super soldiers here. Now, it, something that was weird to me, and I like the Isaiah Bradley idea. I like the fact that they entered, introduced Eli Bradley, who's his grandson, who will become the Patriot and Young Justice. Like all that. It, did you guys pick up on the fact, though, that it's almost like they felt the need? All right, I'm back in a second. Isaiah, the, what was interesting about Isaiah Bradley was he was the first Captain America, and they almost treated it kind of like the Tuskegee Airmen. Like, yeah. uh, like they used the super soldier serum on him because they didn't know what it would do. Well, that's, uh, what they, but, that's what the comic book did. They right, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. the comic book did. They used the super soldier serum on him because they didn't know what it would do, and honestly, he was black, so they didn't really care. Yep. So it was it was very Tuskegee Tuskegee Airmen like sort of a story and history, right? In this though, they they went out of their way to say he came after Steve. Right. He wasn't before Steve, he was after Steve. Well, and then they basically said, Oh yeah, he went on missions and stuff, but they never said he was a Captain America. They said he fought Bucky and he went on missions, but they went a really far way. They they basically they, I didn't feel good about it. It's like the text, the the Tuskegee Airmen piece gave a really good context. That also explains why he's like he has the issue he does now. Because in the comic book, he has like early onset Alzheimer's and all sorts of stuff, right? Because of the Super Soldier Serum. Um. So yeah, like losing that, I feel like was a sacrifice they didn't have to make. And honestly. <laughs> Why the hell didn't they just make him the first Captain America? I well, thought that was a cool idea. Well, here's the thing, though. We don't know that they didn't because they could have still used him as the first experiment and then just 
he was in the background during the whole time. That, you know, we only got a glimpse of. Uh, yeah, but he but he made a point of of saying that it was Korean War. I mean, why yeah, would the guy? Of course, but, I mean, yeah, he was around Korean War. He, he met him in 1951 is when he met Bucky. But that doesn't mean that he didn't get the formula back in 1940 or 41 or 42 because Steve Rogers got it in 42 so or 43. So it doesn't mean to say that he didn't get experimented on first. Yeah, and, but I, I, here's the thing. And just if, they the were gonna mention the it, if they were going to say that, they would have already said it. Yeah. This was, this was, the, this was where they gave not his gonna character... Go- the backstory. They're not going to go and, and come back and give him another backstory later. Yeah, this no, this is the it. backstory episode. So it's, I, I have, I'm sure they're not. They got rid of something that actually was pretty cool. with them. I mean, we and, had yeah, the backstory with them. Yes, yes, we did. They t- they literally told us the backstory. They said they the experimented. Backstory? They said they experimented on a, on black soldiers after Steve died with an experimental thing that was uh, supposed to recreate the super soldier. Yeah, you just don't pay attention. You're probably on your phone. Not, that shows you what about the story. That was so yeah, they threw out a really cool part of the story uh, that they didn't have to. And it's like, why, why the hell would you get rid of that? We'll, we'll see. I, I, still, I still think there's a chance we might get a flashback to that scene. He might be wearing something like a Captain America uniform along the lines of that. So I, I'm still holding Which out. would be okay. But you would think if Bucky, you would think Bucky would have mentioned that. Like that's <laughs> something that's like, you know, it's, it's if they fought, which they did, and, and why wouldn't he tell Sam, you know, this is... He was Captain America. Like, yeah, you know, I, I agree. For, for I, a few I, I years have to agree in, the, in the 60s. Yeah. You know, it's just weird that they they paved over all that, uh, which was actually really some cool stuff. I still That's think one. the story overall, though, was really cool. I, I still think that backstory is cool. Yeah, oh, I think the backstory is absolutely cool in the comic. I just don't know why they sacrificed it for this. It's just That's just weird to me. Um, but but Alex, I want to... It, it, I do like the fact of where they put it at because, you know, it's got – I think it fits with the story they're trying to tell here because, you know, Sam's had his doubts of, you know, he shouldn't have gave it the shield that, you know, America wouldn't accept the him being a the, the Captain America or, you know – or A black Captain America. He never said yeah, that. So, he never said that. He just said that he was uh, – that Cap was Steve. He never said that America wouldn't accept a black Captain America. But – Okay, maybe I misread. Sam that. never said that. Yeah, you're right. He didn't say it, but I mean, I think that's what I think that's where well, the show's going, especially with the yeah. scene and stuff like that. I think that's the story it's trying to tell. That's and see, that's what I want to get your opinion on, Alex, because you were you were right. on the last podcast. So, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Would, would you do you take issue with the way they played out episode one, Shield getting passed around? Hold up, you're cutting out a lot right now. Can you restate yeah. it? Out. Oh, sorry. All right. So I take issue with the way they pass the shield around in the first episode. Right. It yeah. doesn't make a, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because in my mind, they gave he gave it to the Smithsonian. Right. Uh, it would have made more sense if there was a crisis that deemed a need for Captain America to come back. Right. Because at that point, then you've got the situation of, well, Sam didn't want it. We got to have a Captain America. Here's the Captain America, and then as it unravels throughout the season, you might see. Okay, no, there was actually racial motivations to why they did why they didn't ask Sam, right? Yeah, 
but them him giving it to the Smithsonian and then them just giving it to to Johnny Walker, it it's just really like in your face. It could still have been a racially motivated decision, but I think one way you get to unwrap it, the other way it's just like they're racist. It just seems like it was it just like same thing with the Isaiah Bradley story. It's like uh, you. There, this could be a lot more context to this and a lot deeper and, and more dramatic sort of reveal of this. And they just said, nah. It's not that I, 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 get, I, I get what you're saying. I think what they want to do more than – and I, I completely get it. Telling a story about this rather than just saying it. I mean, you, you, in, a, in a screenplay of any kind, you want to show you don't want to just tell. Um, but I think – it wants to go through, I don't think it wants to go through the decision based off of, you know, there's a conflict regarding the shield and blah, blah, blah. There's this action that requires it. I think they'd rather spend the time understanding Sam's psychosis and the decision he made and then his distrust of the government that, that apparently only likes him because he does a job for them. I, I, I like, and while putting a blunt statement out there like racism is going to, it's, it's a, going to be a turning off point for some people and some people it's not i think saying in the first episode that yeah we're talking about this issue we are going into the fact that we do not think in this world or in perhaps our own that america would accept a black captain america especially in any way even if it was steve's like best friend and someone he trusts the most and i think that still makes sense spending too much time on the u.s government besides their pick of John Walker, who's clearly a little mentally unfit and a clearly a little too, you know, caught up in his own ego to perform this role. I think that's going to be this defining message of they never pick the best man for the job. They just pick the person that looks the best on camera and who will do the best for them. Uh, but and I think, and that gets to the chin trap. I don't think they made the best choice there, right? <laughs> and that gets to the chin trap. But I, I think. I think overall that's that's they're they're telling a story that's more trying to get you to want Sam to take that shield back and I think it's less about how John Walker got the shield and more why John Walker got the shield and I think it's it's all about who who deserves to carry it and who deserves oh, yeah. to carry on that mantle and who really think- who's trying to make something of it and who's trying to imitate someone before it and that's, I just that's think, the, from a story standpoint, one way uh, makes for a better uh, yeah. um, story, a character arc, and story arc, as opposed to okay, here it is on a silver platter, you know, because we don't want to, we don't want to write this above your head. Same thing with Isaiah Bradley. It's like, well, do the do the viewers know about the Tuskegee Airmen? No. So there, where that was a cool idea. Uh, just, you know, just, just, just don't, just don't reference it. Yeah, you know? and, and and but I think for the most part, you got to remember. I mean, there are kids, and there's everyone watching this. They're just trying to make this as in a, in a four quadrant picture thing as possible. They're trying to appeal to every age gap and every and every gender. They're just trying to throw it at a wall and make everyone like it. Um, but so see, making it as simple as possible. I don't feel like Mar- I don't feel like Marvel has cut corners before. Oh, I did. Like in the movies, I, I really don't. Think, well, I I feel like uh, part of the reason why, and well, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just favorably thinking of uh, you know, um, Endgame and and Captain America. You know the um, 
Oh my God, Winter the directors, Winter Soldier. Oh, Joe and Anthony yeah. Russo. Yeah, the, the Russo Russos. Brothers. The Russos didn't cut corners, right? Uh, maybe I'm just thinking favorably of that. But even but the stuff that shouldn't have meant anything that like had such like profound meaning later on, like when uh, when uh, Cap is you know about to get killed and and the portal opens up and Sam's like on your left. Like that was such a cool moment that they took the time to like think through and put in, and I got it, but <laughs> most viewers didn't get it, I would imagine, right? So like I don't know, I just feel like there's there's a there's a cookie cutter kind of lazy way to go about getting to the getting through the story, and then there's this these intricate little things you can do that give a lot more context and depth to the universe, right? And, Marvel has done it, and it seems like with WandaVision and and um, a Falcon Winter Soldier, they're just actively not doing it. And I think that that goes to more they want – I don't think they want these – and it sucks because I, I disagree with this approach, but I think they would rather these shows that you don't have to watch them if you don't want to. Like you can watch the movies while ever having watched these shows, and I think that's what they're aiming for. I don't think they – necessarily care if you watch these or don't as long as those movies can stand alone and you can watch those by yourself to be fair you don't need to watch how sam becomes captain america because if you watch endgame you just think he became captain america afterwards you don't really need to see the journey that took him there so yeah. uh, and so i just i don't that know i just feel like the more important things you do and the more character relationships you set up that are established the more confused potential viewers who aren't willing to pay eight nine nine for a Disney Plus subscription are going to be, and I agree with you. I'm a complete. I, I've been yelled at about showing and not telling in my screenwriting class since day one. I, I I preach it to other people when I read their stuff, but I think a show like this is just trying to get to the point and and not trying to over over exaggerate something that I could just tell you immediately. And while it might be not the best and it might be kind of lazy. It's it's all we got. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I just feel like there's there's stuff that you could do to build that dynamic. Yeah. To where by the time we see Sam on film as Captain America, it, it means he more. has the credibility that Steve did. Yeah, and I, and I think I don't I don't think we're gonna get there. I don't think we're gonna get there during this show, and and we could. Lord knows they're gonna have eight hours to tell this story, or, or you know six and a half hours to tell the story. Yeah, <laughs> Sam will have been on screen more uh, um, than than Chris uh, um, Evans was coming into yep. Civil War, but yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's I just kind of take issue with those type of things. It's like there's cool stuff that they could have. It wouldn't have taken a lot of extra time, but they could have just done it. And and honestly, at some point they're going to want to address, you know, Eli Bradley. So wouldn't you want to have said, hey, his, he's the grandson of the first Captain America? And, and he, at least, yeah, Isaiah Bradley's not going to go pick up the shield again. But wouldn't you want to be able to say, hey, look, this is his backstory, and that's why his grandson's important whenever you get around to using him. But they've just kind of blushed over it. So I, I think know. I think we'll come back to them at least one, time, one more time by the end of the series. Because they're really – they're pushing heavy the Young Avengers – so heavy. So I, I think we'll get back to there at some point. 
So. Well, guys, hey, we we need to uh, I we need to devote an entire segment, I think, to uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier here. You guys uh, <laughs> uh, obviously are paying a lot more attention to it than I have. I uh, enjoyed the <laughs> second episode, but I can't say I actually watched it uh, that much. I think I was, uh, you know. Put it on to entertain the kids while I did something else. Uh, so, speaking of uh, uh, entertaining kids with some animated TV shows, Brian, <laughs> let's move over to uh, Invincible, a new uh, kids animated show on Amazon Prime about a young superhero coming of age. Uh, this is something yes. that you've been looking forward to for quite a while. Uh, is it? Uh, is it lived up to your expectations? So far, yeah, I'm really digging it. There's something very interesting. Brad, did you watch it? I watched the first episode. Yeah. Did there's something about the animation that that is there's a scene in it where he's on top of a uh, um, crane and he's kind of perched up there, almost like in a Spider-Man kind of pose, right? And and you can see the city behind him, and there's so much intricate intricate detail in the city. It really makes it seem fleshed out and real, right? And even though it's 2D animation, uh, the move, the way the characters move, especially when he's like flying and that sort of thing or punching right. something, it, it, when he punches something, it really feels like there's like a force to the punch. It's not wow, just like a okay. punch on animation and somebody goes flying. So it's interesting what they've done with the animation because it does, it feels more like, uh, um, MCU movie than it does, you know, a Warner premiere DC type movie. Interesting. Or, or I have to pay attention to that. It, it, it does. It, it very good animation. Um, and I can't really put a finger on it. I'd like, you know, to get you guys to kind of chime in after you see it, and, you know, or the next time you watch the episode and kind of let me know what you think. If, if you kind of notice the same thing, but it, it definitely, I don't know, even though it's 2d animation, it, it, there's something about the movement and the the uh, maybe it's the background that just creates a lot of realism uh, for an animated show more so than I think that I can think of even with like Pixar this scene even though Pixar is like 3D CG animation this seems more realistic even so interesting well uh, I, I don't know uh, hopefully we'll hold up to uh earwig and the witch that podman ron will tell us about uh next week uh podman ron have you watched it yet what's what oh my well, god I, I have a i have a couple other points brad to make real quick before oh, you move on to okay. PMR. We're, we're, we're talking about invincible podman ron. oh okay yeah it was very okay. good was very- okay so i I, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but if you watch the first episode, there's no cussing. There's, they don't swear. There's no cursing. There's there's no sex. There's yeah, no, I get none it. Of seems, that stuff. It seems like a nice kids uh, kids TV show, right? Until you get to the post credit scene, ah. right? <laughs> Which I feel like was uh, was so cool that they did it that way because it's it makes it such a gut punch when you get to that last like two to three minutes after the credits right um so not to spoil anything but uh yeah the the beginning of the beginning's very wholesome very superboy supermanish you know his dad's omni-man he doesn't have powers he comes into his powers his dad starts training him you're kind of introduced to, you know, the Nick Fury of their universe, who's played by Walton Goggins. 
which we all love Walton Goggins. Um, so you, you kind of get a flit and then you get introduced to the Teen Titans of their universe, um, uh, which they're called the, oh man, what's it? It's the Teen, uh, Teen Team. Or team team. Team team. Team team. But yeah. So, and then you, so you introduced to those characters, right? And, um, kind of goes off and he doesn't know what his name's going to be. And then he finally, he realizes he wants to be called Invincible. And then it cuts and you think, okay, that was the end of the first episode. And reading the comics, I know what happens, right? And so I was like, huh, I guess this is going to be kind of a slow burn. Nope. Like it comes back at the post-credit scene immediately flips everything on its ear with what happens in the last uh, three minutes. And to the point where I would have loved to have watched this show in a room full of people who never read the comic and just get their take on it. <clears throat> so that is the saddest part. I haven't watched it yet, but that's the saddest part is that I know all the twists and turns that I feel like it's not going to be as fun. As just like having watched that, uh, watch it fresh, but I'm still excited about oh, no. it. Seeing it go down is, uh, again, and maybe that goes to what I was saying about the animation. Like, it's one thing to see somebody get, you know, punched and their eyes, uh, their eye pop out of their eye socket, right? <laughs> uh, it's another thing to see, you know, to see a panel of it. It's, you know, a, uh, a static panel of it. It's another thing to see somebody get punched that hard in an animation. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty great. Pretty, pretty great. How many episodes do we have now? Three or four? Something? Three. Three. Okay. Yeah. Three episodes. Um, the, uh, so the reveal that the viewer knows what happens at the end of episode one hasn't been revealed to the rest of the universe yet. So you kind of know what happened and the rest of the world's trying to figure it out. Uh, episode two introduces Alan the Alien, who's voiced by Seth Rogen, right? Uh, Alan the a- Alien is a, a fan favorite character. And, but I'll, I gotta say, the, the guy that steals the show is, uh, Rex Blode, uh, voiced by Jason Mansukas. Uh, we love Jason Mansukas, right? Rex Blode is fantastic. So, <clears throat> yeah. All right. Pod- Podman Ron, you, you have seen it or no? I did, I have. It was, it was a, uh, it's a great show. I mean, animation, like Brian had told me, yeah, it's top notch animation. The, the voice actors are incredible. I mean, uh, the, the story is fast paced and you really, uh, you get invested in these characters really, really quick. Um, actually, I, to me, it's even faster than you do in the comic book. It, it, it really, uh, it kind of condenses the comic book down a little bit. And, uh, so far, I love it. I was disappointed that I watched all three episodes like within, you know, in one sitting, and I was disappointed that there wasn't a fourth one to watch. You know, I've got to watch for tomorrow. So, well, I think the big reveal that happens at the end of episode one doesn't really happen until like episode or it's issued like three or four in the uh, comic. I think it's like, yeah, it's like the yeah three, four, or five or something like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so way it's. Up. Fun. So yeah, you're getting saying that's what I thought it was going to be a slow burn. No, and no, it was so it was so cool because the rest of the series is not going to be like that. There's going to be blood and guts and cussing and that sort of thing. But the fact that they didn't do any of it in the first episode really sets you off your guard when shit goes down. And we know we know if above everything else, you love a twist. 
That's a hell I love of a twist. A twist. I do love a twist. All right, so uh, so uh, big winner, Alex. You'll you'll watch it eventually. You think? Yeah, I think I'll probably start it. Next week, I think. I'll probably have my review for my next podcast. All right, very 95 good. on Rotten Tomatoes. 95% fresh. I will give it a, I'll give it. it another shot and see if it takes with me. It, it falls right into my wheelhouse of a half hour, so the, I have no excuse, really. What's this? Invisible? Yes. They're 45 minutes. It's 45 minutes. Ugh. All right. Too much commitment. No, me. no. It's But it's quick, 45 minutes. It's really good, though. You'll I, thought, like it. I thought maybe just the first episode was 45 and the rest of them. No, was. no. They're all 45 minutes. Yeah. All right. But well, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try the second episode. Let's put it that way. All right. Uh, we want to move over to Retro Review. Do you want to talk about Godzilla, Podman Ron? If so, I'll roll yeah, the so music. Just, kinda, yeah, we, we've kind of hit on for the most part. But I did watch the the uh, first Godzilla movie. Uh <laughs> In anticipation for the King Kong and to try to understand Godzilla a little bit better, this <laughs> new Godzilla. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of understand that this, these type of movies are not for me. Uh, just, they're just not for you. They're just not for me. I mean, it seems like you're watching two different movies the whole time you're watching this. You, you're watching this big monster fighting, and then you're watching – it's humans on the ground doing their thing. So there's no interact. I mean, they can't interact. I mean, there's, they just don't. I mean, it's just, it's just not interesting to me. It just, it's, it's like two different movies. And, uh, I, I was bored really, really quick. And even with the fight scene, I, it got boring really quick. It just did not hold my attention at all. <clears throat> So, and, and I tried. I tried to really get into it. I tried to really understand, you know, what all it was about, what Godzilla was about. You know, you know, I thought it was interesting. What's all the fuss about? Yeah, what's what all, is all this about? fuss? You know, where he come from and all that. And uh, <laughs> oh man, it was just, it just did nothing for me at all. Uh, just. Just nothing. Uh, nah. Well, you know, if maybe we can, if we could try to get you to watch Shin Godzilla, I know that's on your list. Maybe that'll give you a, a different uh, appreciation for Godzilla movies from the the Japanese perspective, at least. Maybe so. Maybe maybe it's uh, the American perspective is just not doing it for me. But like I said, it, it just seems like. And I, do you not take this that it just seems like two different movies? It seems like the monster part of the movie is just totally different just a tone different than the than the people part of the movie it's it just they don't seem to connect very well i mean they just they, they're not even running from the monster they're just watching them fight and then at the end i love at the end you know after godzilla stomped all over the fucking place and he's he's Battled, like I guess, what was that? Mothra? Was that what that was supposed to be? Uh, no, it was a, a brand new character. Uh, well, whatever the fuck they were, those two flying things. After he kills them, you know, he just starts heading towards the sea, and then they start declaring him, you know, he's humanity's savior or something. I'm like, well, where the fuck they get that? You know, I mean, did he do a press release or something? And he's got a good press, people. Yeah, I mean. Well, all of a sudden they just, you know, deemed him that, oh, he's one of the good guys, you know, let him go. He, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it made no goddamn sense. 
All right. So, so, so uh, you're pretty much tapping out of Godzilla, giant monster. Movies. I am. I, I tried. I, oh, I gave enough. him a try. You, you tried. I'm, I'm proud of you for trying at least. That's my tagline. It made no goddamn sense. I, I think you may like if you haven't seen King of the Monsters, where uh, it has Mothra and all the rest of it. You may like that one a little bit more because I think that one felt more again where I thought the franchise should have went with kind of the the humans as well as the monsters. But I'll, I'll uh, certainly understand if you tap but, out. You know, I'll, I'll give it a try because I've you know I, I forgot about King of the Monsters. I, I didn't remember that one. So I'll you know I liked Skull Island. I liked Kong Skull Island. I thought that was Kind of entertaining, and uh, can't go wrong with I, John C. Riley. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give I'll give <laughs> uh, King of the Monsters a try. Can't give it a shot. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, any other retro reviews? No. Nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, it must be that we must be looking at something else. What you looking at? What's All right, uh, Brian. Oh, tell God. us what you're looking at nowadays. Well, I've, uh, as I had mentioned earlier, I was wa- I've been watching uh, Vice Principals with uh, Walton it. Goggins. Fantastic. Aforementioned Walton, Gon- Walton Goggins and uh, Danny McBride. Uh, and uh, I could have been watching uh, Wipeout season premiere tonight. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. We're taping the podcast. God, I love Wipeout. Yeah, and this one, uh, you'll, you'll love it even more. It's even crazier than before. <laughs> I knew, I, you know, I thought, I thought they could do it, but deep down in my heart, I knew TBS could dial it up to eleven. Uh, of course, and uh, you know, we don't have John Henson. Is that who uh, was? No. Uh, yeah, John Henson's gone. Right, right. Replaced by uh, John Cena. Uh, we love our John Cena. Yeah, we do love John Cena. Everybody loves John Cena. <laughs> All right, but we're not here to talk about that. I don't think are we? Are we? Did you want to talk about uh, Vice Principals or Final? Sp- I had you down for Final Space. Do you- I did watch Final Space. Yes, so uh, it's good. It's uh, finally on HBO Max. For whatever reason, it wasn't on there day one, but now uh, uh, season one and two are there, and season three just started last month on uh, Adult Swim. But, uh, yeah, Final Space, uh, which I guess season one was on TBS, then it, season two was on Adult Swim, and now season three is on Adult Swim. But, uh, it's, it's good. It's, uh, the, it's kind of a combination of Adventure Time and Rick and Morty. So it's, uh, it's enjoyable. Uh, it's got a, a, a well-known voice uh, cast and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun, a fun watch. A uh, fun little romp? Would you call it a, a jaunty romp? A jaunty romp. I wanted it go. to be a little bit more like uh, Futurama, and it didn't. It never clicked with me. I think because of that, because I was I was looking for a Futurama replacement. And I was hoping this one would be it, but I don't think it is. Yeah, it has some zany, but it's not really. It's even the Rick and Morty stuff is more like the science jokes than the right. zaniness. Yeah, like that's the and. Uh, Primarily, it's it's very Adventure Time, so. All right, but worth a worth a watch. Oh yeah, worth a watch. I think it's. I mean, it's only like what eight episodes or yeah something each season. So yeah, it's it's absolutely worth Half a watch. Our episodes. All right, uh, Brian, Alex, any interest in uh, finals or uh, yeah, final space? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I watched the trailer because I saw it on the on the notes list, and I I, I don't know. 
not my cup of tea, I don't think. All right. Well, uh, I think something that would be your cup of tea, I'll give mine, is The Neighbor on Netflix. Uh, It's a Spanish uh, kind of superhero rom-com, if you will. Uh, (laughs) And while we're talking about amalgams uh, with Final Space, uh, this is a little bit of uh, Greatest American Hero (gasps) and uh, Green Lantern and... uh, uh, I, I don't know what else. Uh, Seinfeld, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but it's a, uh, a kind of a down-in-the-luck uh, uh, guy who's about who's breaking up with his girlfriend, and uh, an alien crashes in his backyard and gives him a medallion, uh, which when he presses it, gives him a super suit and gives him a bunch of pills. When he takes it, he gets superpowers, or at least flight powers. Uh, and kind of zaniness ensues just like it would have on uh, Greatest American Hero, but it takes place in Madrid, uh, and it centers around these basically these four characters. Uh, Did he lose the instruction manual? He does not have an instruction manual at all. They didn't even send one? They didn't oh, even send one. The, the dying alien didn't give him an uh, instruction manual. Uh, and, uh, you know, right now he's trying to use his powers to kind of impre- to win his girl back type stuff. So uh, I, I think it's only, uh, whatever, a handful, eight episodes or whatever. I'm three episodes in. Uh, but, no, it's a solid watch, but you are going to have to read subtitles. It's a fair warning on that. And just like that, you lost PMR. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I was trying to sell it in with The Greatest American Hero, though. I wish they did. They play the uh, Mex or the Hispanic version of "Believe It or Not." Yeah, a lot of horns, a lot of brass section. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, P- so that, that's my vote, Alex. I encourage you to uh, watch at least the first episode. I, I'll try. I'll try to commit. All right, gig. You, you need a little uh, a, a Spanish uh, cinema in your life. <laughs> who's so the Who's Pedro the Hispanic Robert Culp? Uh, well, they don't, again, it's, uh, they don't have that, but they do have the, uh, uh, the, the neighbor or whatever in the apartment complex. That's kind of the Costanza type character. So, oh. yeah, so, uh, but he, 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 uh, he's more serious, you know, he's the, he's the straight guy. He's trying to study and all that stuff. And then the, the wacky superhero guy is always kind of getting them in trouble or whatever. <laughs> anyway, worth a watch. Uh, PMR. We want to wake you up. It looks like you may have uh, started drinking from that sweet, sweet uh, juice and nectar of berry. Is this true? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't know what you guys are seeing at this show. Oh, no. I mean, it's, oh, yeah, no. I'm just, I'm not feeling it, guys. I'm just, uh, it's, it's got a few. How many episodes have you watched? Uh, probably, I'm on the season finale of season one. Okay. I mean, that's a good, that's a good go at it. Yeah. And there has been, you know, a few laugh-out-loud moments, but that's just it, just a few. I mean, I just, I don't know, I'm not really getting what everybody, and it's not just y'all. I mean, y'all, everybody loves this show, That, but I just, I'm not getting why. I don't, I don't find Henry Winkler's character very funny. I don't find... You don't like Noho Hank? I don't. None of them. I mean, there's just wow. nothing. Oh, that hurts. I think the ones I really like are the 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 bad guys, the ball headed guy with the tattoos. <laughs> yeah, that's no ho. That's Hank. no ho, Hank. Oh, sorry. That's uh, okay. Yeah, I like them. 
I like That's him. But other than that, yeah, I just this movie, this show is just not really doing much for a, me. A, so. a solid performance by Stephen Root playing the same character he always plays. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't get you. No, no. Okay, no. all right. Um, I, I want you. Uh, I look forward to season two, but I, you know, I, it's got to really something's got to really jump out here in the next. I'm wondering if you're just not if if you're just not paying as close attention to it as you should. <laughs> I'm wondering I'm if you're too stupid for this show. As someone as someone who lived as someone who lived with him for like 20 years, he he does go on his phone an awful lot during whenever he's watching something. So this this could be true. This is a high possibility. <laughs> well, I I encourage you to stick with it, Podman Ron. I I At got least back on it. Five. Yeah, I, I got back on it because of Brian. Cause I, I was a little maybe in the same camp with you. I, I don't know if I even finished watching the first season back when it premiered, uh, but I liked it, but not enough to stick with it. So uh, I encourage you to stick with it. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to stick with it. You know, through season two, I'll watch the rest of it. I mean, it's not a bad show. I'm not saying it's a terrible show. I just well, don't. Eh. Season two is probably a hundred percent more Hank. I think that was probably the tagline. Is it? I don't. I don't remember it having that. Much All Hank. the Barry and twice the Hank. All right. Well, there you go. So well, and, and that you know, episode five. I'm going to power through it. All right. Uh, so, uh, Alex, have you watched Barry? Oh. No, I, I still haven't. Haven't committed me, to it yet. Let me back up one second. The fact that PMR has watched. Eight episodes of Barry in the, in a week probably means there is something you're enjoying about the show. He's doing it out of love for I'm us, just, I think. Yeah, I'm just trying to you know power through it. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not like I had a chance to watch it tonight, and I was like, oh, I'll just watch another episode of comic book man. You know, I mean, <laughs> wow, he's binging comic book. I, I mean, it's not that it's a bad show. It just sometimes it gets a little boring in the middle of it. It's like, yeah. What is uh, Comic Book Men on? It's canceled. I know, but what, how are you watching it? Is it on Netflix or? Uh, Prime, Prime Video. Oh, yeah. okay. I wasn't sure. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, maybe uh, maybe we will uh, get you on board if you can stick with it through a few more episodes, Podman Ron. And if you give it, if you give it a thumbs up, then Alex will surely follow, I'm sure. Uh, but in the meantime, Alex is yeah, I feel like. Alex, more in Alex's wheelhouse because of the whole acting, acting. piece in the background. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of actors playing actors. So I think you'll <laughs> like it, uh, uh, Absolute Alex. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take your word. <laughs> uh, but Alex is watching another one of uh, my favorites. Uh, tell us about what you're looking at. Well, I, I started. Well, I didn't start. I finished in one like night. Uh, I, I watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV, and man, oh man, this show looks so dumb. And every trailer I saw last summer that I put off watching it, and then I just happened to stumble by a review one day that was on YouTube, and I clicked on it, and they said it was good. So I was like, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go and watch it. And I watched it and oh my God, it is incredible. I'm not even a comedy person. I don't necessarily like com comedy movies. I don't, I don't go out of my way to watch full blown comedies, 
that this show, it got to me. I, I, I cared about these characters. Jason Sudeikis gives a really surprisingly good and in-depth performance for just a character whose whole gimmick is that he's an American coach uh, who coached football, now uh, coaching a soccer team in the U.K. Um, it's really good. Um, everyone's really good. There, there's no fault with the show that I have. Uh, I can't give it a high enough recommendation because it's perfect and it's a great show. I, I yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely say it's probably the, the best show. It's I love um, a lot of what Jason Sudeikis has done. I think he's phenomenal as a comic and everything. But this is probably my favorite thing I've seen him in. I mean, to think that this is just a few sketches that NBC Sports used to advertise soccer back in the day. And now it's this really, really, really thorough and well-written and well-devised TV show with great performances is is quite insane. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen um, Ted Lasso. It's so getting like the, the, like the, the back headroom of the 2020. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't hmm. committed to watch them, it's only eight episodes. They're a lot of fun. They're like thirty minutes. I I, I really I can't recommend it higher enough. This it's could great. easily have been the same review for Barry, Alex. Probably could have been. Yeah. I, I, this show. I mean, I I I don't know. There, there there is something really special about this. I mean, I was crying by the end of it, and I I don't know why because I don't care. I don't really care about soccer. I don't really, I don't know. I have no really big attachments, but the character work here is really good. And Ted Lasso is one of the most likable human beings I've ever seen Such in my a life. Nice guy, um, right? Yeah, Ted Lasso is great. Uh, but yeah, and Brian or uh, Ron PMR, have you seen this? Have you seen Ted Lasso? Yeah, yeah actually, I, uh, um, I did like it. It's a good show. It's a really good show. Yeah. All right, Brian. I have not watched it yet, but here's the deal. Alex, I will go watch Ted Lasso if you'll watch Barry. I will start Barry, and I will I will come I will come back next week with episodes of Barry to review. Wow, there you go. Are, are we going to have to have a new segment called TV Trade In now or something? Well, I mean, <laughs> if you watch this, I'll watch that. Then maybe that's going to be a, uh, a new. Thing. There you go. But I agree. But yeah, I also- Ted, Ted Lasso is uh, great, yeah. and as you pointed out, Alex really good uh, character development and. Somehow or another, in the cynical world which we live, Ted Lasso is this kind of bright sunshine uh, ray of hope where he comes in with his homespun humor and advice and never gets too upset, we don't think, about things. And he and never gets annoying. He ne- yeah, I mean, he's uh, a really interesting character that they've done with him. Yeah. Hopefully they yeah. can keep him that way because he, he obviously does have hardships that he goes through and sad times and all that stuff. But somehow or another, this character is kind of, uh, you know, full of uh, sunshine and never, ne- never yeah. gets him down. I, and I was so shocked that he never got annoying, even with the accent and even with like his stupidity, quote unquote. He never got right. annoying, which right. is a miracle. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's stunning. Um, but I also started on my road to the Oscars as we start barreling down that path. I started my Oscar Best Picture watch through of every film nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, hey, I hey, have hey, Mank out of the what I are have Mank out of the way. Um, oh shit! I forgot. Let okay. <laughs> Which one do you have uh, out of the way? I have Mank out of the way. I watched that uh, early January. Um, 
For Best Picture nominees, we have Sound of Metal, still have not watched, Mank, Minari, The that Father. That was your chance, Brad, to play the uh, Sound of Metal uh, theme song again from last week. That Brad <laughs> that you have, have you heard this, Alex? No, oh, I have not. Here we go. So that's the sound of metal drums. Um, okay. Uh, so the father to Judas and the Black Messiah, Trial of the Chicago Seven, which I have also watched, and Nomadland. Um, but you, you I watched Judas. the fine. The uh, no, I said Judas and the Black Messiah. Well, but did you, I, did you watch it though? No, I saw. Have, I haven't. I haven't seen Judas, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, Minari, or The Father. God. But I did watch. Yeah. Promising Young Woman. Mm, I love watching uh, Promising Young Woman. <laughs> Starring, um, shoot. Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan and Emerald Fennell and Bo Burnham and Allison Brie um, and Adam Brody, all those guys. And I have to say, while I don't think it's going to win Best Picture, uh, my, my hopes on Childish Chicago 7 and hopefully Minari once I've seen it, I don't know. Um, but this movie's hands down probably the top contender for best screenplay of the year. Wow. Uh, it's fan- It's fantastic. Uh, the movie stars Carrie Mulligan um, as we go through her past traumas uh, in terms of sexual assault and things and her way of dealing with that trauma, which perhaps isn't the most legal way, but is also the most kind of terrifying way. Um, and it really cams that in, and it does a great job of, sh- of really developing that character, developing everyone. Well, I like Bowen. how it really worked out for her in the end. <laughs> Did you have you seen it, Brian? No, but I know how the story, how the movie ends. So yeah, it, it surprisingly worked out for her in a, a very twisted, fucked up way. Um, but the movie Did it? that I think it's I, I love the twist at the end. Uh, I think it's great. Bo Please. Burnham puts in a really but I want you can't piece, argue that it worked out for her. Like, you know, I mean, it worked out for her enough. <laughs> it didn't really work out for her, work out for her. You kind of go, it was very weird. The movie does end in a strange way, but everyone everyone gets something out of it. Uh, I still think the script is really strong. Uh, Bo Burnham, uh, probably the standout, as uh, Kerry Mulligan's fantastic and probably should win Best Actress, but um, Bo Burnham's fantastic in this. Uh, for a YouTuber who then went to stage comedy and silly songs, he puts in a really, really good performance in the movie. And overall, the pacing's really great. I've never seen costumes and lighting and set design factor into a character's emotions as well as well as this movie does it. Uh, it. It's so in your face and it's so colorful and it's so vibrant that you really do notice when certain colors are used and what emotions they're attached attaching that feeling to it's great work i mean the whole film does a lot of showing never telling it's a great 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 screenplay and i i love it i I think it's fantastic i I really do want this to win original screenplay um and that's from i mean you're talking about aaron sorkin's trial of chicago seven which is fantastic screenplay but i think this is better um 
yeah, that's all I got. It's a great movie. Go watch it. It deserves its attention. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because I, I'm a, a little lost on it. What, uh, what, uh, genre is this movie? God, I don't, I don't really, I mean, maybe okay. <laughs> dramedy, dramedy. Okay. Drama comedy. Dark comedy. But isn't it revenge? I mean, isn't it like a... Uh... Yeah, it's a revenge story, but there's it's it's a pretty funny movie. It's a pretty... But it's also... I don't know. I think dramedy is probably the best way to describe it. It definitely doesn't feel like it should be an Oscar contender when you first start it, but by the end of it, you're like, oh, wow, I can see where that went so far. It, it's really strong. Um, but yeah, it is definitely... But of every Oscar movie I've watched, it definitely stands out the most as this very different story uh, that's not really political. I mean, it is political, but not like in your face about it, I guess. It's more just about be a good person and be accountable. Um, what? Don't be an asshole. That's really all it's asking you to do. All right. Good advice. Good, good movie. Good. I really that's do recommend it, though. It, I, think, I think it's like two hours long. Go watch it. <laughs> good all right the pod men have been busy watching <laughs> shit i tell you yeah we watched a lot of things <laughs> alex you've seen jojo rabbit correct love that movie yeah yeah jacob <laughs> watched it really this good. week yeah jacob watched it this week and he had watched the beginning uh, like and then like kind of trailed off before the twist yeah. Right. Yeah. He didn't. And mm -hmm. So he had watched uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. And I was like, well, you need to watch Jojo Rabbit. And so because they're both uh, Taika Waititi. And uh, yep. so he watched Jojo Rabbit again. And, uh, you know, he's it's it's such a comedy. It's almost almost like we were talking about with Invincible. Like there's so much comedic stuff in it and kind of like, you, you know, you're invested in this kid that's living in Nazi Germany and like, you know, he. He doesn't know any better, like you know. And yeah. then when you get to that twist, and you get to the last like thirty minutes of the film, all the yeah. stuff that came before now has a completely different context, you know. Jojo Rabbit really benefits from setting up the dominoes and then letting them just fall dramatically <laughs> by the end of it. Yeah, it really kills it there. So yeah, but that's that's that kind of great. vibe I got from uh, from you know. Yeah, promising uh, young woman's definitely the same. Yeah, I could, I could, I could make that kind of same statement about it, where it does set up a lot of good dominoes, just so you can watch them magnificently fall by the end of it. Um, yeah, it's really good stuff. Definitely recommend it. All right. Very. The only good. one of the Oscar, the only Oscar movie I don't recommend you watch is Mank. Uh, that was a very long two and a half hours. <laughs> God bless you. <ya. laughs> too long for mess of a movie. But uh, again, a lot of great uh, recommendations from the pod man here, I would say. A lot of solid choices. And a long-ass podcast to accompany uh, A long-ass podcast, yeah, two-hour podcast to uh, listen to us babble. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so I think, uh, again, uh, Podman Ron, you have some homework to do for by next week. I do. I uh, can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. I will try to pay attention to Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, give Invincible a little bit more shot. I'll watch Barry. You'll watch Barry. Uh, and I'll watch Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. And, you know, maybe we'll, uh, uh, I don't know if there's any movies that we can do some retro reviews of. Maybe I'll watch Beverly Hills Cop 2 to go with uh, my uh, continued uh -huh. watching of those. Um, but I think that's about it. You know, again, I think the one of the next big movies we have that Brian 
maybe you're looking forward to more than anyone else is Mortal Kombat. You're just you're waiting for just the 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 fatalities on that more than anything else, probably. But um, anything they else that we need to be able to look at has been they, people have uh, screened the first thirteen minutes and that it is it is insane. They've puked. They've puked. So. All right, very good. Well, we've, we'll we'll get our homework done and uh, have some more. Maybe we'll have some more. What you're looking at, since we don't have too many movie reviews to do. There you go. All right, thank the Lord. Very good. Well, until next time, Alex. Uh, you know we're going to send for the podcast.